Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 37, we're continuing our discussion about listening prayer today with a focus on inner healing. Hello, my father. Hello, my daughter. It's good to continue this conversation. Indeed. And to continue, I have another icebreaker. That's good. This one is more simple than the last one, which apparently wasn't as simple as I thought it was. (laughs) This one is tea or coffee. Ah, that one is actually easy. It will always be coffee, uh, Mm -hmm. unless it's like at night and I just can't do the caffeine. But uh, it took me a long time to see what the attraction to tea was. (laughs) As I understand it, it took you a long time to like coffee too, right? Oh, actually, yeah. I was married and uh, yeah, you were already born before I ever learned to tolerate coffee, but now I seem to be addicted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I like tea and coffee. If I have to choose one, I choose coffee. Um, I'm getting over a cold right now, so I definitely go more for the tea. Um, but yes, coffee. I like coffee. Coffee, tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I was thinking when you brought that up, it's like a good thing we don't have a blooper reel because some of the <laughs> things in between get a little <laughs> get yeah. a little crazy. But hey, yes. we're drinking. I'm drinking coffee right now, actually. Even though I, I have been drinking lots of tea, but it's like my first cup of coffee since having my cold. And I have a lovely uh, Lord of the Rings inspired mug that says the road goes ever on and on. And yes. Yes, it does. So this conversation is going to continue on and on now. It is, it is. Um, Oh, but hey, before we get into the rest of the episode, do you want to tell us about the conference coming up at the end of the month? Yeah. So uh, last day of March, March 31st and April 1st, no joke, right? (laughs) April 1st, we are uh, having a spiritual warfare uh, conference with a focus on how specifically what families need to know, what parents need to know, uh, what married couples need to know. And we're going to be walking through, excuse me, we're going to be walking through uh, some of the essentials. On Friday night, I'm going to do a presentation on just essential things everybody needs to know. And then I've got two friends who are joining me, Carl Payne and Dean Vandermeer. And uh, Carl has been with us before. He was on last year with Neil Anderson. Uh, He's been dealing with spiritual warfare issues for, you know, 30, 40 years. And uh, he's going to be talking about generational iniquity and then some other things related to, you know, family dynamics. And then uh, Dean has runs a ministry in Grand Rapids called Set Free Ministries. And they have, he's had a lot of experience dealing with troubled teens and prodigals. And I thought, you know, that's, that's a really heart level issue for a lot of people. So I wanted, I asked Dean if he'd talk to us about that. And he said, yeah. And so those are some of the core topics, and then we're going to have other things in there. Just the idea is try to equip people for this uh, battle that's going on. And then in the last session, I'm going to be talking about the culture a little bit and um, how we uh, work with our kids who are kind of saturated with a very non-biblical worldview. And is there a bonus? Yes. And then we've got a bonus uh, teaching coming from Judy Dunnigan. And for those who uh, uh, may know, Judy is the daughter of our founder, Mark Bubeck, and she is an author, uh, uh, recently released uh, The Loudest Roar, and uh, which is on spiritual warfare praying. She also helped to uh, rework one of her, her dad's books that was released as spiritual warfare prayer, and uh, or just warfare prayer. And uh, so she's got a, a lot of experience uh, 
with this kind of praying, and she's going to have a special bonus uh, session. So it won't be a specific part of the conference, but everybody who signs up for the conference will get it. Awesome. Awesome. And and do we have also a special guest moder- or host? Yes, and we have a special host. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I got I to gotta make sure, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make my sure. girls are in here. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, your good friend and mine, Junie uh, Felix, is going to be the uh, MC and hostess for this event. And uh, Junie's got a lot of background with us, warfare in her own journey, and and she refer- references it in her book. Uh, and uh, help you are with worth the, t- the work. Yeah, you are worth the work. I was getting the W's in my yeah, head. Yeah, you are worth the work. Moving forward from trauma to faith. Yeah. So Junie, for those who don't know, is uh, she's a radio personality with the Moody Radio Network, and she's also. Uh, kind of an expert in tiny habits and how you uh, most of us are trying to change too much at once instead of making little bitty changes and celebrating those successes. Uh, she was actually equipped uh, at Stanford University with uh, uh, and is certified to teach on, on those things. She's a remarkable person. So we're excited to have Junie a part of this again. She also uh, emceed the conference with Neil and Carl last year. So. Hey. Yes, I'm looking forward to this conference. It'll be really good. So thank you. Um, So last episode, we talked about listening prayer and how this practice can help us connect with God more intimately. This episode, I want us to dig into the inner healing side of listening prayer. You have a helpful acrostic called R-E-A-L, Real Prayer. Talk to us about what it is and how or why you came up with it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my hesitance with real prayer was I didn't want people to think that the opposite was fake prayer. Like, (laughs) quit the fake praying already. No, that's not the point. It's literally, um, I was writing down the steps that I had been using as a pastor. And I, I met with a lot of people for two, three hour sessions to try to hear their story and help them pray into things. And I'm like, what is it that I'm doing? How can I reduce this to steps? And when I did, I realized that the first, it was remember, explore, ask, and, you know, look. And I'm like, I like, well, look is also listen. So let me, you know, just play with this. And I realized it spelled real. I didn't have to even do anything with it. So sometimes the acrostics just give themselves to you. <laughs> so that was uh, one of those. Yeah. I still think it's just your spiritual gift. But <laughs> anyway, so, so um, walk us through it. Like what is, what is real prayer? So to put this in context, um, I started my ministry of working with people who were hurting using as my primary tool, the steps to freedom in Christ by Neil Anderson. So my dad was the uh, international director of his ministry. And uh, so what would happen is when you go through the steps to freedom, the first one's on occult issues. And so if you're going to deal with something demonic, it tends to be there. So a lot of our confrontational warfare stuff happened is people getting free from the occult issues. And then there's deception, which are lies we believe. And then you get to the third one, it's forgiveness. And what we realized was that as people are making a list of people they need to forgive, they're often telling you trauma stories, right? They're telling you, oh, this horrible thing happened to me. And I'm like, what if we could pause right here and not just pray to forgive these people, but actually invite Jesus to do something healing in this memory that we're already talking about? So, the the real prayer process was originally designed to be an addendum to the steps to freedom that we would do right then with some of the uh, 
those issues that came up. So people would say, you know, I choose to forgive my dad for, you know, doing this and making me feel like I was nothing and whatever. And so we would tend to have people pray like, I pray, uh, I for- choose to forgive them for doing this thing and making me feel this way, right? And so now that we would then say, well, let's invite Jesus to say, is there anything you want to do with that? So to to prepare the way, they've already done the R part of it in that case. They have remembered. If I'm not building it strictly out of Steps to Freedom, but we're just starting there, the idea is to ask them, the other the other context, okay, the other context here is that a lot of times when people tell you their story, it feels like they've just dumped a spaghetti bowl full of issues in front of you. It's like, okay, you've got like 17 you know, really serious issues going on in your life. Where do you start? So we would stop and pray, said, Lord Jesus, would you help me? This is the R, remember, would you help me to remember one root memory that you would like to resolve today? And we wouldn't begin until they could narrow it down to one, right? And this isn't the only thing we're going to talk about today, but let's you know get this down to what is one root memory that God is bringing to your mind that we need to resolve. Then you get to the E, and that it's, let's explore that memory. So I think about it as left brain, right brain. So we start with the right brain. What are the nonverbals you remember about that? Now, I don't want to re-traumatize them, so I don't want to go back and go, oh, tell me all the horrible details. That's not the point. You it's, ask like Jesus to bring to mind anything they need to remember. Exactly. So that's the prayer. Would you bring to my mind anything I need to remember for this healing to be as complete as possible? And sometimes it's a lot, but a lot of times it's not. And uh, but it tends to be things like, what room were you in? Were you inside the house, outside the house? What you know? Where were you? What was going on? What were you feeling? And then we go to the left brain side of it. Is what? And I used to say, what thoughts? did you think at the time? And I realized that in the moment, a lot of people aren't having a lot of thoughts. So we started asking, what began to feel true after this event that didn't feel true before this event? And I like that terminology, it felt true, right? right? And uh, actually, you know, I got that hearing Ed Smith do a presentation at a, at an ICBC conference years ago. And I thought that's really a, a nice, convenient way to do this because the idea here is I know it's not true, but it feels true to me. And so next to that, we would put on a scale of one to 10, just how true does it feel? So somebody might say, I feel worthless, or I feel all alone in the world, or I feel like God has abandoned me, right? Whatever that thing is that feels true that I know isn't true, but it feels true, just how true does it feel? And I'll be honest, when it's really a big trigger point, most people can't keep it on a scale of one to 10. They're like, oh, that's a 20. You know, it's like, it's, it's just, they can't imagine not believing that. So at that point now, I have written down on my pad of paper, you know, okay, this is, this is where it happened. This is what the nonverbals were. Here's four or five beliefs that began to feel true. Here's the scale of one to 10 thing next to each one. And I, okay, now let's go to the third step. Let's ask. And the ask is pretty simple. Jesus, I invite you to do whatever you want to do to heal this memory. Um, and there's no magic formula here. I probably ask that question, you know, a dozen different ways. It's just, but I'm asking you to do something, Jesus. What do you want to do about this? And then you go to step four. All right, now that I've asked, let's see if anything has changed. And I, normally one of three things changes. I either, uh, I either um, will feel different 
or when I go and I, I can go back in my mind and visit that room and look around and something actually changes about the memory, or uh, if I, when I quiet, I can hear Jesus or the Holy Spirit putting thoughts in my head that weren't there before that are correcting my beliefs. And so sometimes it's just a sense, sometimes it's like thoughts, and sometimes it's it's, it's like an image that people um, get and, and uh, walk into. So that's the process. R-E- that's really long explanation. I know yeah, that R E A L is remember, explore, ask, and then listen. And uh, I, I wrote it into it across it largely because I didn't want to have to keep a uh, sheet of paper in front of me to remember how to do this every time I was praying with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really effective and easy to remember. Thank you. So, how about you? You've just explained what it is. How about what it? What is it not? What is? Yeah, let's start there. I had a, um, you know, I mentioned Ed Smith. He he is a bit of a controversial figure. But by the time you mention the words inner healing, that's like a dirty word to some Christians. And so you have it takes a little bit of experience. And the reason that it's a dirty word is that there is a new age counterfeit of inner healing, and because of that, there's people who assume that if Christians are doing it, that they have been deceived and they are now caught up in something new age and that Christians shouldn't be doing this. And they're like, where in the Bible do you see inner healing? You know, this can't be happening. So let me answer, first of all, this idea of where in the Bible do you see it? And uh, one example would be uh, Jesus meeting with Peter on the on the the beach after the resurrection, and he is restoring Peter. And if you look at what he does, he actually walks him back through his denials. So three times he denied him. Three times he's there. There's a fire in the one scene. There's a fire in this scene. He's got a lot of parallels. And Jesus is like, let us revisit this memory and let's let's redeem it. Let's redeem it. So if you don't like the word heal the memory, I go with let's redeem this memory. That's a good. Good word. I'm fine with that. So the reason we called it healing of memories uh, was one, that was the term David Siemens used, and that's who we learned it from. And the second was that uh, it, it really was appropriate because when people would get would get done connecting to Jesus, things that felt like a 20 on the scale of how true does this feel suddenly felt like a zero. Like, well, what do you call that? When something in, in like two minutes goes from feeling totally true to clearly false. And then there's lasting fruit. It's and then not like it yeah. comes back the next day. Right. They're, yeah. So we can go on and on with this, obviously. So one of the things that we found was bringing warfare and, and, and the inner healing together uh, allowed you to do more testing to make sure that you're not getting deceived by counterfeit experiences and counterfeit experiences. It allows you to get rid of interference you know, and deal with some other things. But that that's getting into the deep end of the pool. That's We get into that in School of Ministry a little bit more and some of those. And I think we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next episode. Sure. We'll, we'll go a little deeper into some of the the obstacles. So, yeah, the counter, the, 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 uh, what it's not is it's not this new age thing. I'll give you an example of this. I was talking to the superintendent of a, uh, of a district of an evangelical church. And someone had said, we got a real problem with a counselor in our area who's practicing theophastic prayer. Well, Theophastic prayer is the name of the um, process that Ed Smith developed. So I asked him, well, describe to me what this counselor is doing. And by the time he was done describing it, I knew theophastic counseling well enough to know what he was describing was not theophastic counseling. He was just calling it that. So you run into these problems, too, where people will say, I'm doing a manual prayer, or I'm doing theophastic, or I'm doing you know some other kind of prayer. 
ministry, but they're doing their own spin on it or their own twist on it. And, and you know, so you got to be careful with this. And I will also say this, that just because somebody knows how to do a process doesn't mean that uh, <laughs> everything about this is going to be okay. Uh, just because they learned a process from Deeper Walk doesn't mean everything. everybody who does this process really knows what they're doing or they all are connected in the same way. Because, uh, I mean, literally, I, I had somebody tell me that they heard a cult leader speaking someplace who cited me by name. Uh, talking about how rebellion can create a stronghold in your life. And if you rebelled against his teaching, you had a demon. And I'm like, you can see how you can twist this stuff around. So there, whenever you put stuff out there, there's a chance that somebody's going to take it, call it by that name, and do something really bad with it. Now, I do have some critiques on Theophostic, but I'd say for the most part, it you know, I, I, I like what's going on there. So Cool. So... Do you want to save any more uh, best practices for next episode? Or um... it's probably best. We'll save that for the next episode. I think it's enough for people to, because you know, this is what the process is. Mm -hmm. Real, pro it's it's remembering, exploring, asking Jesus to do something, mm -hmm. and then looking and listening to see what changes. Could you give us just a story? Sure, that would help. Yeah. So in. Uh, 2004, I think it was, I, uh, um, your mom and I were in Ukraine, mm -hmm. and uh, we had been brought over there specifically to train a clinic full of counselors who were working with uh, women who had decided to keep their babies instead of having abortions, Mo most of them loaded with trauma, right? And so we're teaching them the wounds, lies, vows, strongholds, approach. It was interesting them trying to find a Russian or Ukrainian word for vows. That was an interesting conversation. Huh. But the, uh, it was... Um, uh, but in the process, when we were done, the tra our tra one of our two translators said, I need what you were talking about. And we walked through real prayer with her uh, late that night. And she had a mem very distinct memory of being in her kitchen with her Baptist pastor dad and uh, him being angry, violent, right? And so... We did the explore that memory, and she told me that's when she said kitchen and this and this, and then went to uh, uh, what that mean to you, and we made the list of what it meant to her and all the uh, things that felt true. And then we went to the ask, well, let's ask Jesus to do whatever it takes to heal this memory. Well, this is bridging the gap to next week, because I said, when she said, well, the first thing I see is Jesus who's dressed like a Ukrainian Orthodox priest with a nun standing next to him. And I thought, that's not really what I was expecting. So why don't we test that and just make sure? And so uh, I had her, I led her to say, in the name of Jesus, if this is a counterfeit, I command you to leave. And only the true Jesus who came in the flesh, died and rose again, can help me. And she said it disappeared immediately. It was a counterfeit. And wasn't he looking pretty stern? He was also looking stern, like he wasn't necessarily happy to be there, right? It was, and one of the things, we'll, again, we'll talk about this more uh, in the future, but one of the things I learned about counterfeits is they often reflect a false belief somebody's held about Jesus in their life that has to be gotten rid of anyway. Mm -hmm. So in this uh, case, the true Jesus showed up, and the whole memory began to 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 change in her mind. And you could just see her body relax, 
right? And then eventually this, this the the picture opened up for her. And by the time she was done, she just felt like she was just looking up into the eyes of Jesus, feeling his love, feeling his compassion. And uh and I remember she she said, Is it okay if we just stop here and I just, you know, stay? And I'm like, Yeah, you know, you stay there as long as you want. Because she had gone from being very uptight, very agitated, very overwhelmed to being at complete peace. And that was the process that we we walked through. And that's um, kind of a classic example of, of just walking through those steps. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, like, like I said, um, next week, we're going to press deeper into some of the obstacles that arise in inner healing. Um, so for now, to wrap up this episode, any final thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, my dad used to say often. He said, "I, I, he didn't understand why some people just wanted to do warfare and were reluctant to bring in inner healing." He's like, "I don't know how you help some people without this," and I, I've come to the same conclusion. I don't know how some people are going to get help if they don't learn how to connect with Jesus in these pockets of pain in their heart. And so, um, we've pressed into it, even though it's controversial in some some areas, and we've put all of the, you know, all of the yeah, all, all the safeguards we can think of, you know, in place here. And one of the things is you're testing it with is fruit, right? And that is when they're done, do they feel closer to Jesus? Do they trust Jesus more? Do they love Jesus more? Do they um, love other people more? Right? Do they love other people more? And I'm like, you know, there's a whole lot of fruit of the spirit going on here. So that's also one of the things we're looking for. I really look forward to continuing this conversation. So for now, thank you everyone for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. Because of our trailblazers, we are able to provide free or discounted resources like this free podcast, our free January conference, or our video streaming service, The Learning Library Basic. So, as we close out today, we invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast, leave a review, and share with your friends. Thanks again. 